Nowadays, whenever I launch this, it always says encoding overload every time. And I'm like, no, you're just okay. turning on, that, stupid. That that scares me every time. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm just like, it, is my footage going to be choppy and dumb? And the answer is no, it's totally, totally normal, question mark. Yeah. yeah, OBS is the software that we all use. And I, I feel like it's kind of like having a benevolent dictator. Like you never, you, you, it's treated you kind of well, but sometimes it's a little bit screwy and your entire livelihood just gets kind of like messed yep. up and you can't yep. do anything about it for a little I, while. Not exactly in the same vein, but I recorded a solo episode of Anti-Birth earlier today and yeah, uh, not... forgot to set hot plug to zero. Mm. What does that like, mean? It makes <laughs> yeah, it so your, it makes it so your, uh, your commentary is glitchy and wrong. The entire time, like it goes, it like it crackles it after right? every word. Oh yeah, that special feature of fuck your recording. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I lost uh, fifty minutes, and I was not, I was not pleased. I've never turned this setting on. What's this called? Uh, it's I in. I'm pretty sure I told you to turn it off before you ever ran afoul of it because you I've never heard don't of it record. So uh, it's this weird problem with uh, Binding of Isaac Rebirth, um, and oh, a lot oh, of YouTubers that. ran afoul of this. Right. Where mm -hmm. in the config files, there was something called like hot plug equals one. Mm -hmm. And apparently if it's set to one, it makes all commentary for recorded footage with every program shitty and bad. Oh, it's in uh, Binding of Isaac. Yeah, yeah thought, it's in I Binding of Isaac. Oh yeah, that was really confusingly presented. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're, talk, we're talking about how Twitch is a, about how uh, OBS is a benevolent dictator or something. And you're like, yeah, that hot plug oh, feature. No, no, I'm no, like, what? Sorry, it just, it just <laughs> reminds like, oh, me no. of... <laughs> Well, it happened like two hours ago, so it's relevant. I don't know, mm -hmm. but um, no, it just scared us. That's all. Yeah, sorry, but uh, yeah. So, so Binding of Isaac's just like we're gonna burn your footage now. And I'm like, but I won that run <laughs> with fire. Oh. Yeah, it sucked because it was <laughs> a good episode too. So welcome back to Four Nerds Save the Universe. Couple of quick updates. Uh, we are now taking questions at fournerdsquestions at gmail.com. And if you've been waiting for the audio-only version of the podcast, that's now at soundcloud.com slash fournerds. That has yep. all of the podcast links in the videos. Ships, and the previous we, we podcast <laughs> and the previous, previous podcast all the way back to Sadcast number one from like three years ago. Keith is determined to... Uh get the whole thing out before we interrupt him and derail the whole thing. So hey, where's my derail? Can we do some sponsorship for products that don't actually sponsor us during these opening <laughs> slots? I might uh, be eating well, Lindor chocolates during this podcast. Uh, <laughs> so those will be making the Lindor. I, I'm eating uh, Trader Joe's mini raviolis. Well, the people with spotty voices. I guess I need to eat something real quick. <laughs> I have an I abundance got, uh, of chocolate around me from Christmas. It's a problem. I got Christmas chocolate guilt coins. So wow, sponsored by the Anti-Defamation uh, League. Did did you get those for yourself, or did uh, Daddy Birdie bring them along? Okay. Wait, they're coins. Yeah, it's chocolate like the candy coins. coins. Yeah, it's little okay. chocolate coins. Oh. Did you ever make the mistake Give me of some biting into bird the daddy. foil, like you weren't paying attention or something? Why? And into the foil? No, I've had that happen. I've never made that once. mistake. I don't know why it happened. You've eaten Maybe there's like some foil like inside. Yeah, biting foil is not fun. No. Yeah. Of course not. I found that that's. But the when you that's, want to that's like the go-to comparison for discomfort and... is che is yeah. chewing on foil. You only make hmm. that mistake once. I found that pressing foil is the only way to sharpen punches. 
And I'm like, oh, that's how I'm going to be able to fix my button punch. Hole punches, not like fist punches. Yes. You should probably, you should probably uh, qualify that. You know, metal punches. Uh... So, Christmas. Anybody get anything good? Um, Can't eat the foil. We uh, tried to chew on foils. <laughs> Lady Bird got me a Nintendo DS. I have no games for it except for um, it came with a virtual console with uh, Super Mario World installed on that. What so, color is it? It's uh, green. Oh, it's the, nice, it's the nice, new special uh, one. Yeah, it is the new special one. Uh, Nintendo 3DS XL. Um, so I'm probably going to pick up Super Mario Maker or something for it and have mm. a have some good times. Uh, but yeah, I've been playing Super Mario World. Uh, what? My brother what got me that? a ukulele. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm not that kind of came out of nowhere, but yeah, I have a I have a new ukulele for some reason. <laughs> that oh, was, you have a ukulele. That nice. happened. <laughs> so Keith got an instrument. Mm -hmm. We're waiting for Carl now. Um, I got. Well, now Actually, you have a ton of stuff. yeah, I got a lot of donations from my fans, which is really uh, mm -hmm. unexpected. I'm not used to that, so that was really nice. Oh, so you have a new uh, star. Proto and funny cash man. or video games? Yeah, just straight up cash and Works. like, yeah. Uh, I'm still not used to that part yet. Uh, and, uh, nice and then plaid. What yeah. is it called? A trapper's hat? Uh, yeah, hat? the Mad Bomber hat. One of those, like, <laughs> it's a Nushanka, pretty much. Okay. Uh, those are nice. Nushanka uh, cool. So, I, I already own one, but it's in Massachusetts. And I was like, hey, Mom, you know, when, when uh, I'm going to see you for Thanksgiving, can you bring my, my, you know, black rabbit fur hat? And she's like, yeah, sure. And she just brought, brought like, a completely irrelevant hat to, like, my entire, like, List by, uh, just line like by line. Does not fit beanie. over your headphones. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. But it was <laughs> wow. I look stupid with the headphones on. Um, but yeah, so she shows shows up with this just totally arbitrary hat that doesn't even fit my head, and I'm like, Mom, I can't wear this. And she's like, Well, you should have it anyway because it's going to be cold. And I'm like, Mom, I literally can't fit this on my head. Uh, this is Mothers. from like middle school. And so she Mothers. took it back, and now I had to buy a new one. But it's okay. I probably need a new one anyway. Yeah, it has some red fur on it too. Yeah, it's really comfy. So you really uh, did turn out a propeller beanie. Wow. Yep. Sad. Um, <laughs> let's see. What else did I get? A scarf. I got chopsticks. I bought you guys a ton of games. Or every person from the Catterday crew a game. I didn't actually like buy I a did. whole lot of Steam games for myself. I, bought, I have a towel robe. I got a lot of currency, so I ended up buying 57 <laughs> Steam games. Nice. Wow. They were mostly like two to three dollars each, except Doom. Oh, like to complete uh, okay. bundles and stuff. Well, mm -hmm. like one of them was the XCOM five game bundle. Uh, yeah, and those are all the old ones. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and then Doom was in there, which was a significant portion. But mm -hmm. yeah, my you. family doesn't see each other too much, and we don't have much in the way of thoughtful gifts. So they gift cards happen a lot. Cash. Uh huh. <laughs> We used Works. to do. We used to just do white elephant, and I pres I preferred that because there wasn't any weird uh, pressure to try to buy gifts and stuff. Uh, just you just sort have... of get weird stuff and shuffle them around and have sort of fun for an evening and then move mm -hmm. on. 
Yeah, we ended up having to resort to that because our family just got to be too big with all the cousins that were coming. Oh, yeah. So whereas before when it was smaller, every like family unit would get Mm -hmm. a present for each child in the family and adult. But then Mm -hmm. that came to be too much. So yeah, then it was just everyone buy enough gifts well, actually, it's like everyone buy a gift, and then that will be put in the pool that people choose from. Yep. So it was sort of like a white elephant, but you you would draw numbers. The first person would pick a gift from the pile, open it up, show it off. The next person had the choice of either taking the gift from the first person or choosing a new mm-hmm. gift from the pile. That's like a white elephant. Yes. I thought that... Variation. So that's, that's I how what it, that one's called. What are you making a face for? Oh, I. Well, I'm waiting for you to ask me the question, so I'm just like. Nobody ask, can see this. Well, you turn to me to ask a question or say something to me. Keith, what's going yes? on? I have. I never really you? know. I was making a. <laughs> I was making a face at her when she like turned to look at me, and I'm just like, all right. <laughs> I'm like, why are you continue? making that face? <laughs> yeah. I, all right. Derail the brain. Well, one side uh, of my family did end up doing white elephant, and a weird accident that happened is that I. Uh, I went out and got the Blu-ray for the night of the HBO series that came out this year that I liked a lot, and I figured that'd be uh-huh. like a decent thing to give out. But I like to fuck with the package for White Elephants so that it doesn't look like whatever is going to be inside. Yep, I've done that before. That's uh-huh. that's awesome. so. I wrapped it in a shirt and then wrapped the shirt in a in a waffle box, mm-hmm. and it was just mm-hmm. a la- it was totally off like off the cuff random nonsense. And the shirt mm-hmm. itself was a shirt that somebody else gave me that I didn't want. A while, like years ago, uh-huh. and I never put it on or wore it or or washed it, and it just sat there on a, in a pile somewhere. Yeah, uh, it was a Johnny Cash Folsom Prison Blues shirt, and I the person that drew, drew my white elephant doesn't have a Blu-ray player, but apparently is a massive Johnny Cash fan, and so oh. I had a completely oh, so you, you I accidentally gave lucky. like the most thoughtful gift I've ever given. <laughs> Very nice, <laughs> thought via roulette, <laughs> thoughtlessly <laughs> thoughtful. Yeah. <laughs> Like, so, I didn't I know say, they even I liked mean, that. There's somebody I see like once a year. <laughs> my Christmas was very good. You know, I had my I had my whole family here, which is not something that happens very often at all. Uh, Are they gone and, yet? Huh? Are they gone? Uh, they yeah, my around? brother and his girlfriend left, and then my uh, dad will be leaving in a couple days, and then my mom is uh, staying after I leave this house to uh, take care of some things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they'll sell it off later. Okay. Yep. Uh, so was it really just like a college house or something that yeah, they had already so. had before? I mean, my parents already own the property. Mm-hmm. So I just moved into my old house, basically, and I've been living here for a couple <laughs> of years while I got my my, my, my my things all lined up. And now they're all lined up and they're demanding demanding my time and energy. So <laughs> the hair's been hound of flesh, bud, and they're not going to leave. <laughs> no, oh. he doesn't have much flesh to give. I've seen him. <laughs> we actually have a related question because some people want the world to burn. Apparently, uh, mm-hmm. Epicness forty five asks, uh, "What was the least satisfying gift you ever received for Christmas?" Okay, I actually wanted to talk about one. this uh, with white <laughs> elephants. Uh, I have actually had. I don't like doing gifts for a lot of reasons, mainly because I've gotten some pretty bad ones over the years. Um, mm-hmm. But two 
more or less back to back might have even been the same Christmas. Um, I did white elephants for my youth group back when I actually like bothered with any kind of religion um, and one for my Boy Scout troop. And so usually I'd bring like a ton of candy or, you know, something fun that like anybody could probably enjoy, assuming they don't have like terrible teeth rot or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, you know, I'd bring it in a cereal box. So everybody would be like super excited. And then they get like four pounds of chocolate, uh, which was always fun. Um, but so for my youth group, I brought said gift in and shuffled it around a bu- bunch. But I got uh, one of those like gallon ice cream tubs filled with blank. And so eventually we open it up and it's filled with a bunch of broken McDonald's toys. And, you know, that Ooh. level of stuff as Ooh. well as like crumpled up tissues and like. So uh, were they a homeless person? candy wrappers and stuff. No, no. <laughs> this was a kid who was, I think, two or three years younger than me. I knew his parents. His parents loved me for some reason. Uh, his older sister was in my grade and, you know, we were not friends, but like interacted a bunch. And for some reason, this kid had decided that this was what he was going to bring. And nobody like stepped in to say, yeah, this is like a super dick move. So I'm sitting there like really angry at this kid because I, I kind of didn't like him because he was always kind of a shit. And so I get his white uh-huh. elephant and his white elephant literally is just garbage. And it's just like. I was just really angry. Um, yeah. And then, uh, for Boy Scouts, I don't remember exactly what the trade-off was, but I got, uh, some of those, like, uh, what's, what's, what's our spoons made out of in the kitchen? Silicone? Yeah. I got a set of silicone spoons, spatula, and, like, a, a pasta scooper, which is pretty damn useless, uh, to a freshman in high school. Yeah. So. (laughs) Yeah. Dang. Yeah, that kind of you got some Christmas tone deaf gift me. givers, did? Oh yeah, that's I, bad. Yeah. All right. I don't think I've ever uh, really received a bad gift. There you go. Uh, I think the only things that I could really consider bad gifts. I mean, probably shirts that just didn't fit or didn't suit my kind of style, like button ups, but not like the cool like plaid button-ups that wander likes wearing all the time i'm talking about sort of the grandma kind of button-up butter things i may re- the, the good thing is if it's large enough i can usually give it to my mom and she'll wear it or we end up giving it away or donating it to goodwill or something later uh oh but another thing i really dislike are those like bath lotion perfume you know Oh, you know, she's a girl. She'll love this stuff. Oh, Del doesn't like smelling good. <laughs> she does not like um, scents on anything. She's very vehement about uh, getting mm. like scentless. Um... Well, scentless detergents and yeah. stuff. Yes, mm-hmm. because that stuff can smell noxious. I mean, probably is to some extent, but <laughs> you know. Ooh. Actually, another side thing, not bad gift, but uh, one of my relatives gave lotto tickets at once. And mm. uh, one of my God, other relatives no. got like $4,000 from it. Because wait, then wait, it wait, wait. Someone did get $4,000? Yeah, somebody got $4,000 and they didn't talk to each other for like years because yeah. the See, person that gave the lotto happens. tickets somebody was like... Somebody wins and they get pissed. Yep. That's, that's why, I mean, 
my one set of cousins, they always give one lottery ticket to every person at like Thanksgiving or Christmas. And so far, everyone gets maybe $2 here, $10 there at most. But I always wonder what would happen if like someone won big. Do you split it evenly between everyone? No. Does the one per- See, nobody person knows. take no, it all? Move states, states and change your name problems. and forget your family. <laughs> Yeah, usually what happens is depends on the family. But yeah, disruption. (laughs) Uh, I question actually, Bird, about bad gifts. Would it be in poor taste to send Lady Bird uh, Secret of the Magic Crystals to uh, help pad out her her Steam library? That one. I don't know what that That is. That is a magical game. All right, Andrew Andrew and I played that for a good half an hour. Bird, can you uh, give me Lady Bird's Wait, email address and TeamSpeak? So a good half an hour. Yep. How is that it's, good? It's then? it's a unicorn slash horse raising sim. Oh. I'm just saying that just there's this podcast though. Yeah, we I have know. an existing it's video. Okay. okay, it's okay. Just do it later. Yeah, there, our there video is. is 29 minutes and 49 seconds. So yeah, about a half an hour of me and Andrew playing Secret of the Magic Crystals. <laughs> yeah, because been watched the only nearly people... a thousand times by victims. The only people I haven't sent games to so far this Christmas are Ladybird and Anti Housewife. And you're gonna say oh, that's fine, whatever. <laughs> I I was thinking about it as like you need to record it, feels, it with her bird. It feels weirdly I guess appropriate. I do. Huh? I need to see and, this. Guess I do. Of all of the people, except for maybe Shell, she is actually the most likely to play it of everyone Wait, we know. What? I, I would rather raise sure. dragons. What are you talking about? Send, send me your email in uh, TeamSpeak so I can send it along before I forget. <laughs> so would you uh, suddenly you be happy if someone took Steam. that game and, and I, replaced its stupid models Steam. with dragons? Huh. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen the game, so I wouldn't know, but I remember one of my favorite games as a kid was dogs or pets. It was, I mean, it was part of the series of pets, but it was dogs. I almost I, sent I, bad rats, but I realized birds already played bad rats on camera. So I, I feel the need to point something out I about Secret of the Magic Crystals. What? Just that... you, yeah, you did. Oh, I did. That's oh, totally man. Did. Why are you trying to make me remember? Like, the... <laughs> that was so Secrets, Secrets of the Magic Crystals is a game about raising horses, magical horses, and, and maybe unicorns ultimately. And trying to get well, increase their stats and stuff. Well, unicorns. And what's but... what's what's really what's really amazing about that game is that uh, you after raising up your characters, you click on like the race button to go race them, which seems like the entire mm-hmm. point. And then it's like, all right, go buy the race feature. Yeah, it's the thing DLC. about that game is that it takes itself <laughs> incredibly seriously. Wait, that's what <laughs> Secret of the Magic Crystals look like. Yeah, it actually reminds me of. My really, really old Barbie writing adventure game. Yeah, I mean it's it's it looks, ancient too. It's basically what, that. What other? Wow, it's made by Artery Games. Way to have a weirdly mismatched name for your. That's Artery. creepy. Yeah, apparently they've never made anything since. Huh. But yeah, it looks you like you actually. Turned a profit. You can buy the dress up DLC for two ninety nine. They've actually turned quite the profit, considering this is one of the. Bigger Steam gag gifts bigger... to send. Yeah, that's uh, true. There's a $2 DLC for the soundtrack and coloring book. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sending the whole I'm sending the whole package. Bird, send this me is, that email. This is definitely meant to be uh, purchased by for small children. This, yes. This definitely reminds also, me Also, the of Steam sale's happening Harvey. right now. This thing's not on sale. What? Yeah, it is. No, it's not. Uh, oh, it's, no, it's not. not? Huh. No. Huh. That's weird. Well, then well, it's, it's, it's completely our friends on Steam. We it's, are? 
I think they're so aware of apostrophe. Oh, that's why. I think the game is so aware of its existence as a joke gift that they just flat out didn't. They just didn't uh, give it a price, a sale, because it's like, oh, people are gonna come buy us again this year, like they always do. Better milk us for all we can. And you can't, you can't put a sale on bad rats because bad rats already cost ninety nine cents. They're gonna <laughs> give away bad rats for a nickel. I've seen dollar games on sale for less than a dollar before. That's <laughs> definitely happened before. Bad rats, uh, it's uh, it's forty nine cents right now. So it is, it is fifty one percent off. Okay, you can, that is a deal. Fifty one percent off on bad rats. Have so you I ever can't... actually like looked at the the like cheapest games on Steam during these Steam sales? Some of them They're are actually like so really good weird. games, though. There yeah, are some, some weird are ones, but like some are amazingly good. Things like Mass Effect Two were only five bucks, and I <laughs> I bought it years ago for sixty. Yeah, and I never even yeah. got to play it. Oh, that sucks. That sounds That's like I mean the problem that sounds like it's for... kind of your fault, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, the so problem what happened? Waiting... I, I was in the middle of college, and I, my parents wouldn't really let me on the computer when I was at home, so mm-hmm. I could only play it in college, but I couldn't really dedicate enough time to it in college because I was doing so much homework. That's why mm-hmm. I have a rule for <sighs> full-price games where I don't buy them unless I'm literally going to play them that day. Yeah. Because otherwise, mm-hmm. it's so easy to just buy all otherwise, the games you, you want to buy, but everything's on sale deep. so fast. Yeah. I mean, actually had an, uh, something feel bad. I feel a little... Uh, there's, there's something kind of shitty about a sale again recently where uh, freaking uh, King's Quest, like uh, mm-hmm. like ma- like many Telltale games, even though it's not one, it went on sale before it was even fully out, which is frustrating. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like they're waiting for the episodes to come out and then the whole season goes on sale. Uh, it's one yeah. of the roughest ones ever, though, which is that this one was in the Humble Sierra bundle where they sold King's Quest yep. plus like 20 other games for a total price of $20 I, which is like less I than half that. the God. price of the original game. So uh-huh. it's like you can, so, so it's like buy King's Quest day 1 for nothing extra or buy it when it's not even done coming out yet anyway for half price plus 20 games and get everything and still get the final chapters at the same time as everyone else cuz they didn't finish putting it out yet. It's like it, it's really weird and gross every time this happens. Hey Keith, have you ever thought that customers are stupid? Yeah, because apparently corporations do <laughs> constantly. Oh, here's another <laughs> extra skeevy thing about King's Quest: uh, they sell them episode by episode, like you, like usual. But if you do that, you actually screw yourself over because if you didn't buy the entire thing up front out of pure faith, you don't get to play uh-huh. the epilogue. You can't buy the epilogue. It's part of the full bundle. What? Wait, what? Yep. Yeah. That's, yep. that's terrible. The final chapter of the story is only playable by people who blindly no, bought the full thing up front. you didn't believe in my dream hard enough. You don't get to play all of it. It's, uh, unfortunate things happen in this industry sometimes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Crytek, uh, like by the way, wait, white... one, one thing about that. By the way, here's yep. here, just extra okay. stupid. Was that with Crytek? Later. So for, first, okay. they're buying the five episodes separately. But aside from the complete edition, what they also did is they made episode one free and then put out a yes. season pass for episodes two through five, and that's not the complete edition, so it doesn't come with the epilogue. So even if you play the free first episode and buy the season pass for the remaining episodes, you miss out on the epilogue. Oh. 
That's damn. <laughs> that's how shitty everything about this this package is on the, on the way it's sold. That is, it's so actually, skeevy. That's bad. And like you can't unmake that mistake. It's not like you're missing your chance on a discount. You literally can't get the epilogue unless you turn around and then repurchase the whole thing. What the wow. fuck? <laughs> All right, yeah, talk about Crytek. Uh, so did uh, you guys... What happened to Crytek? They went out of business? They're not out of business, but they dissolved five out of seven studios or five out of six studios or and something like that. what are they most noted aren't they, for? Aren't they sequestering all their Crisis. employees too? No, well? they laid uh, off most of them. Okay. They're, they're sequestering their best ones, quote unquote, but like... Did they ever do any other games other than... Crisis? Uh, they did... Or, um, oh, there's Star, Far Cry, right? What was it? Okay, Developer Crytek, they have made, uh, they're based out of Germany, which is kind of thing. Okay, they did Rise, yeah. they did Crisis, and they've started an insane amount of games and finished none of them. Oh, right, they helped with Homefront 2, which was, oh yeah, that'll <laughs> save their studio. Well, that's um, probably <laughs> that why Far Cry they helped the with that game too, people already forgot came out this year. Yeah. It came that, out that this game, year? That game takes home the trophy for most forgotten shooter. Well, yeah, <laughs> like, the first one was such a huge disappointment. Uh, didn't that, like, wasn't that part of the reason why THQ tanked or something? Or... No, not even a no, little bit. never mind. Uh, it was a THQ game, and it was shit, and I gave up in it less than an hour of playing it. But uh, THQ tanked because they made draw... They the, they made those draw yeah, yeah, tablets, the and they did thing. really well on the Wii, and then they're like, well, I'll make this for everything else, because they're doing so well, and they sold, like, no copies on anything besides the Wii. So they had the, this huge... Wow. This huge inventory uh -huh. of games no one wanted to buy, and they just tanked, because they were so... Yeah. They had so much faith in that succeeding, and it didn't. And yes, well, Homefront came I out mean, May seventeenth, 2016. CryEngine is, like, completely free to use. Like, you don't... You don't pay a licensing fee. You don't pay any royalties well, on it. It's like insane. I think they. Ha I think you have to pay if you're using it to actually release a game. Maybe. I could be wrong yeah. about that. Uh, I mean, that also doesn't help them though because Unity and uh, Unreal have moved in and more or less like taken their spot. Yeah. And Lumberyard is trying. <sighs> Holy uh, is, shit! Uh, a, they bought out CryEngine. And Homefront like, Two has a 54 version. on Metacritic. Wow. Homeworld oh, 2? Dang. Oh, no, Homefront. I also Homefront. didn't realize that Homefront 2 is actually just a reboot to Homefront. You don't reboot a game well, that tanked five years later. Wait, they're what? fighting against North Koreans? Yeah. yeah why, why won't you just make a new thing at that point? Yeah, I don't know. In Philadelphia? Because you believe in it, damn it. No, how you don't think about the logistics of it, Shell. It's literally just Red Dawn, which also didn't make sense. But they're just, they just stole Red Dawn's idea of, Korea's attacking us, oh no. Because, yeah, like, for, for Crytek, like, the Crisis Trilogy were pretty good. Oh, they also, also you, made Warface. You also might not know this, Shell, but a shocking number of American uh, shooters are actually about the modern United States being attacked by some much smaller government that somehow takes over the entire country. Yes. This is what I don't understand. <laughs> It, it never oh. makes sense, but we've been doing it since Red Dawn, and it's never going away. Yep. By the way, want to point out, for some reason, Homefront, by the way, is already on sale for $12. Uh-huh. Uh even though it came out Are this year. Are we talking year. about Homefront, Homefront or 2, Homefront? The Home okay. Homefront, the revolution. Yeah. Uh, every single, almost everything that, that you can buy for it is on sale right now for a, a big discount, but the expansion mm -hmm. pass is still its full $25 price. 
even though I think Bales. all the contents of the expansion pass are on sale to for a total that's less than the price of the expansion pass now. <laughs> wow. Let's say how is Deep Silver still in business? I don't know because year... no one cared about the Last Saints Row game. Yeah. Get out of hell. Ugh. It's like, oh, cool. Deep All Silver right. took over the franchise and made the worst one. Let's say we're in the year 2250. Wait, America's they still around, but we're under attack. By what country? I'm going to say it's the United People's Front of Estonia. Mega Man. <laughs> Wait, Mega Man. okay. No, I, I actually have to comment on this. Apparently, um, the American publisher for Mighty Number no. 9 was Deep Silver. I didn't know this. It's, it fits too well. What was the smallest country <laughs> in the really? world? Yeah. Oh, universe, you've Whoa. done it again. Deep Silver hasn't done shit for a while, by the way. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Like, Yeah, they they put out Get Out of Hell like last year, then Revol- Homefront Revolution. Then they're like, the uh, we'll, they're all like, oh, we'll put out no. Dead Island again. They they put out definitive uh, editions of both Dead Islands because they're like we need to make money they, off this. That looks interesting. They did put out Dreamfall Chapters, which I think was done well. Wow, back to back they put out Dead Island Definitive, uh, Dead Island Dead Island Riptide Definitive, and then oh wow, a Dead Island Dead Island spinoff and Deadlight Director's Cut. They're like let's just keep re-releasing all of our other products because we can't develop things, and we'll release. Say, what the hell is up with? And we'll be a local publisher for Mighty Number no. Nine. <laughs> The, All they uh, do is they take things that apparently everyone else has given up on and then publishes them. <laughs> the one exception, uh, the one good game they've put out in the past half decade, uh, they they continued Dreamfall Chapters, uh, which is actually like a really good game. It I mean, looks they, they like were, there's actually were at least alien the races pu- and stuff. There were at least oh, yeah. one of the publishers of Killer is Dead. Yeah. I'm actually going to pick this up. Is it good? Good. Wow. Yeah, they, uh, what's funny is this is one of the things I got hate for at one point, is that, uh, uh, Dead on, uh, Saints Row 3 came out, THQ tanked, they did the really super humble, humble bundle where they're like, buy every game ever for a dollar, because we need, we need liquidation money, bundle. and then Deep <laughs> Silver got Saints Row, and I was like, oh, look, they immediately announced, look, they canceled the DLC for Saints Row 3, and then announced Saints Row 4 immediately, which features, which, which looks exactly like the DLC for Saints Row 3, and mm-hmm. it was the same location and the same characters and a half-assed dumb story that like trying to get away with being dumb by being super dumb like oh it's so dumb that that's the joke and i'm like oh this is deep silver just trying to make quick money that on their was... new ip by rushing out a sequel and now that was actually, and now saints row is basically dead not a bad idea <laughs> <Yeah>. financially <laughs> That was actually uh, one of the few games even Bird and I couldn't, like, ass our way through. Like, usually we could ass our Saints way through Row a whole 4. game if we wanted to. Yeah, Saints Row 4, we lost so Steam. pointless. Yeah. <laughs> like, after, like, an hour and a half, I just kind of, like, looked around and was like, what are we doing? Yep. Like, we just kind of, like, we're, like, assing from one corner of the world to another. It is it one suck. completely non-stop state of being of, isn't this crazy? But it never stops doing that for the entire runtime of playing the game. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. it runs th- it runs thin so fast. And then the next one was like, now they're in hell! I'm like, they, goddamn, goddamn it, Deep Silver. <laughs> so the next one was single player, so everybody's Wait. like, eh. 
Wait, this is for yeah. Saints Row and stuff? I, yeah. yep. I thought that those were strictly, you know, sort of Grand Theft Auto levels of gangsters and... No, no. They start yeah. more and more off the walls. Kind of. It started off as... The first one was just a, a game that tried to be like Grand Theft Auto, but had a few ideas about territory control that actually kind of became pretty standard. So they were... I think they might have actually been influential on that part. Yeah, they were. But then from that point on, it started getting crazier and crazier with funny jokes and, and inappropriate stuff. They're trying to out. They're trying to out inappropriate GTA basically by oh, sacrificing any level of grounding, which worked for the first three games. But then Deep Silver got their hands on it and like, let's go full crazy. Now it's a simulation. They're fighting aliens and you kill them with the butt uh, penetrator and then you go to hell. And I'm like, everything's stupid. <laughs> I remember the beginning of that because Wander was playing it at one point. I'm going, wait, you're the president of the United States and there's aliens? Like the idea of it is actually kind of funny. It's just that's mm -hmm. the unique, that's the most unique part of the game. That just reminds the me first, of Mars like, Attacks. Tutorial. That's and then you go like back to steel court. Yeah, the, ver the very first mission of all of Saints Row 4 is like the best part of the entire game. But the problem is it never stops doing exactly that for the rest of its runtime. And so it's not like, mm -hmm. oh, wow, what a crazy intro. It's like, oh, no, it's going to do this exact joke basically for the next like 20 to 40 hours, depending on how long you stick with it. <laughs> so I saw that Deep Silver was owned by a company called Coke Media. And I got confused oh. with Coke Industries for a second. And I was like, oh. Wait, the people that like make like fertilizer also split off and made a video game company. <laughs> Wait, no, diversify. Yeah. Wait, so you didn't mean Coca Cola? You meant no, no, no. Else? This is I Coke thought you meant like, like the Coke Brothers. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought you meant like Fox News or something. It, right? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. See, no, uh, K O C H. K O C H. Yeah. You should okay. you should become well acquainted with the Coke Industries based on where you live. They're we don't go outside or talk to people. That's <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Wait, so they are they are in, around Kansas City? I yeah. suppose I've uh, seen it. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just a little there around that area. <laughs> oh, um, new topic actually. Now that I'm looking oh, wait. at it, I just realized I never answered the question. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh right. Go, go, go. I don't. I don't necessarily ever. have a terrible uh, present that I've gotten because I oh, feel yeah. like anything that I didn't care about, it would just be something I f didn't care about and and forgot about. Like I, nothing's ever uh -huh. blown my mind of like something I hated or anything. But I was mm -hmm. a joint recip recipient of a present that where the other person was not happy. Uh, mm. Oh, yeah. Oh. Around two thousand five. Huh. I uh, whenever the launch of this stuff thing was, we got an Xbox 360 for Christmas as teenagers. Mm. It was a present for me and say, Eric. That sounds good. And my brother oh, was yeah, furious. He's like, I didn't ask for this, and blah blah blah. And, like he was actually mad. He got a video game console for Christmas. Wow. And oh, I will never. Was he a instead. big PlayStation guy, or what was the deal? No. We didn't even have good gaming PCs or anything, and we've always been playing video games. So it was like the most logical conclusion ever for a gift. And for some reason, he was just furious. It's one of those things that makes me really happy that, like, somehow I went through all of my teenage years without being such a weird, nightmare, emotional person that a lot of people <laughs> say, Yeah, his hormones are probably just, like, People just ah, fucking angry. lose their minds for a period okay. of time when they're teenagers. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah, I, I never went I never, through that. I never went through that, yeah. But I've, I know so many people who did where, like, they just were insane people for a period of time. And that was a case. My, like, my teenage years lasted about one month. And then I was just who I was for forever. Yeah. From like 13 onward. Let's see. I, I want to say Xbox was 2005, right? 
So he would have been thirteen yeah, right. at the time. So yeah, they got an Xbox. They everyone, got a, con- a video game console for a thirteen-year-old, and they were not happy about it. <laughs> everyone thinks back on what their life was like when they were thirteen, and they're like, "Yep, those were some good times. I was a okay. <laughs> I sure had I mean, no like, problems. Situation was awesome. Talk about a period of time I... where you pretend you have problems. <laughs> Back then, it was my aspiration to be a Vulcan, so I was not <laughs> hormonally like a teenager at all. People you were just it. coming to me for advice. They're like, you know, you're so logical and so even keel, you know, and it's just like, hmm, oh, yes. Now she laughs at dick <laughs> jokes. Hey, what they didn't know is that you were I the mean, craziest of them all because you were trying to role play for like five years straight <laughs> she was trying to pretend she was an alien yeah <laughs> you were you were no, larping no, through all I... of high school <laughs> no i, 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 I just... <laughs> no okay i like that i i just i didn't want to be like everyone else who were you know starting to get crazy about boys and and potentially alcohol, even stupid. though they were underage and everything. And <laughs> oh, it's come just on, like, Bert, put on the voice. No, no. wait, what, what voice? <laughs> what voice? It's an inside bird joke. An inside bird. It's, it's on, the, it's bird on YouTube. It's got like 20,000 views now. Does it? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> what, 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 what episode? Or... Uh, the one where you took over for a whole episode? <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Sorry. Shell story time episode. Uh-huh. I was watching she the just, whole time. I think I mentioned her name, and she just comes in, sits down in front of the microphone, and just starts talking while the rest of us build <laughs> trap mechanic things. And it was, like, I straight guess. up an hour. I couldn't well, cut it because, like, start to finish, it was just an hour-long shell rant. So, I suppose since meeting you, yes, I've become a huge goofball. It actually is interesting when I go home and see my friends because they go... Wow, Michelle, you're actually funny and a little bit clueless at times and like bubbly. And, you know, this is interesting. And you don't you don't balk at us for, you know, saying something even slightly akin to an innuendo. You know, this is this is good. And I go, eh? <laughs> I but, guess I have accumulated with human. <laughs> <laughs> She, <laughs> turns out Vulcans can tell jokes. <laughs> anyway, uh, what was the start of this story? Because wherever we are now was not. Uh, this, uh, came from, this came it from was my question of about gifts. Teenagers. Oh, and then, yes, hormonal teenagers. It, yeah. Hormonal teenagers, yeah. which linked to his brother acting spastic about getting a system to bad gifts. Yes. All right. Uh, do yes. we have. Xbox Any other questions? You, though, nah, but you Halo had a thing two, you were trying to go to. Halo 3 on the Xbox I forgot, 360. Man. That was a great console. Ew, that's gross. Uh, we have other questions. I don't Titan. know if they're good. Okay. One of them looks really long. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dearest four nerds, I have been writing to you today where I'm very distressed. Play Scrap Mechanic! <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm just going to start monkey. reading it out loud, and we'll just see what happens. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Phoenix Knights Gaming says, so this is a question, a strange one, too. This is split a uh, split question into two parts, so first part is here. <laughs> what would you do if you were a fighting, if your 
fighting a that was Y O U R fighting a swarm oh. of drones, apostrophe S, would you okay. A get underground and cover the entrance, or B go all out and try to destroy each drone? No, Wait, these are, are not real life like drones. These cameras? can fly oh, due okay. to a hover pad in their center, and they'll shred you fast if they get to you. You do have <laughs> body armor and also a shotgun, and it takes it takes like like the apostrophe S two buckshot to destroy a drone, and there's thirty of them, and you have the ammo to t- amount to take down fifteen shots. So use them wisely. Is if you go underground, they cannot Bird, get, get you for a get second paper. one, and We're you can answer part one or part shit. two of your choice anyways the second is Don't would you fight a robotic overlord or would you or could you bring any uh would you fight and a robotic overlord you can bring in any shit you want but the battle is the same level so no matter what oh how no matter what how would you win no the robotic overlord is smart and would also counter every attack if aims apostrophe s correctly all well, right. this is okay, all I so... have to ask. I hope you answer if you pick this one and hope you like it because it took an hour to make before the podcast. My oh my answer, god. My answer is yes. Okay. I'm just wondering <laughs> why was ask. this asked? Because if you have like a plan, it's a if this is going to be like a reality that you want to set, set up, I have some problems being volunteered for it. <laughs> okay, so my issue with it is you have too few shots for the number of drones there are. If each drone casts, oh yeah, we'd be better off just shots, flailing with the the shotgun as a melee you weapon. Even be able to take out half of them. We did. I mean, they already gave me the option to go underground and cover the entrance. Why would I go with the part where it's like, hey, you're doomed to go fight them? <laughs> but then the question is, if you go underground and cover the entrance, it's like part how two explains why you're going to lose. I think. <laughs> so I'm like, why would I do it? Okay, judging by my I calculations, I think PK Gaming's got some you can game master juice here. in his system. He needs to get out of another outlets and go DMs, I, I, go be a DM in it, a campaign. It would depend on like how or not. That sounds like a horrible is. campaign. We, we were talking die. about shredders there. So, like, is there any way to physically destroy them as well? So, I actually had a friend. Use the shotgun. I, when yeah. we did D and D stories, I did I tell my you? EMP. Yeah, something that he could didn't disrupt say it wasn't electronic there. impulses. <laughs> I mean, that would be great did, because then that would. I just imagine like you? children's games are like, nah, I have a shield. <laughs> did I tell you guys about the uh, the DM or not the DM the D and D player who always liked <laughs> playing as Goku or a Saiyan or something? No. What? No. <laughs> oh, 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 I have an anecdote, but okay. please continue. Okay, so um. I, I can't believe I didn't tell this when we were talking about D&D in the past. But yeah, uh, my across-the-street uh, neighbor when we were uh, living in California, kid w- loved DBZ. Like, he lived, he breathed it, except for the fact that he was super scrawny and his idea of, you know, not being super scrawny anymore was standing there screaming in the backyard for a couple hours. Um, but so whenever we played D&D, he would join us, and he had kind of a modified monk character because uh, my brother let him be a Saiyan. The problem is this guy would roleplay really hard and would stand there uh, charging up for, like, half the campaign and then demand to, like, uh, fly over to us at, like, light speed. And it's like, no, you don't, you can't fly yet. So you have to walk. And he's like, okay. Uh, but do I stay charged up? Like, no, no, you don't. Yeah, exactly. So, like, we were trying to give him a healthy dose of reality while still humoring him. And it never quite worked. But, uh... 
one day he decided he wanted to DM. And uh, after no. some amount of arguing, oh, no. we we told him it could not be DBZ themed. At which point he, you know, accepted it and went home for a couple days. Uh, and then, get, and then we, he made you know, a monkey king for themed. <laughs> no, no, but it, mm. it, it, the campaign definitely was pretty, pretty close to that question, actually, where like we would kill his monsters that he'd send at us and he'd get really offended and like kind of do the nah, uh, but they had like <laughs> potions of heals, so they're back on their feet again. And monsters so he killed the whole party. In like a three-hour session, we're all just sitting there being like, "All right, we're never letting you DM again." And he's like, "But why not? That was really fun." And it's like, "Okay, but no. huh. isn't the DM just supposed to, yeah, to give an, a series of encounters to a group so that they, um, in, you know, so that they embark on an adventure as opposed to I'm going to see if I can quote unquote win oh, yeah. against them?" I've I had several DMs like that. It's not fun. That sounds like the time that we let our our local power gamer be the DM. And oh ooh. no. <laughs> Just because they know the rules doesn't mean they know fun. They made us <laughs> fought a nightmare tentacle monster that could wield eight weapons at once, and every turn took about half an hour to calculate. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That sucks. So we eventually I won, right. but it took all day for one fight. And I'm like, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah. So did you have to calculate for every tentacle? Every weapon? They, all, they, every... Did, they had different weapons. Right. It was... As, as... Great Somebody time. that's played a lot of D and D, they probably just suck it at uh, calculating that shit quickly because you could probably handle that. This was the yeah, same I person mean, who d- I told you. Enemies. This was the same person I told you a couple podcasts ago. Did the uh, the book of many things and the mm-hmm. AI oh, companion yeah. and all these other ridiculous mechanics you shouldn't all mix together necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the fight ended when our, our our previous DM finally got bored of the fight and had already secretly made his character pa- overpowered using the uh, wish from earlier, but didn't tell anyone, and he just nuked it from orbit. <laughs> he was like, "I'm quitting this. It I'm works. quitting this encounter." <laughs> it works. Works. So, Ladybird and I discovered last night that if you take religious texts and replace the word "Alleluia" with "Kamehameha." <laughs> 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 it's like the funniest thing you can do. You can do it with songs. Do you have some, you have some scripture it. for us? Holy I shit. Can, I can... I mean, I went to church enough. I can just be like, Kamehameha. The Lord is risen today. <laughs> you know? Stuff like that is great. Or like, it's raining men. Kamehameha. <laughs> I don't oh my scripture, God. but I'll accept it. Yes. <laughs> Kamehameha, Kamehameha. Yeah, we did, we did that one as well. <laughs> Let her go in. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a fun little thing to, uh, you know, keep in your mind when you're going through your day. Oh my god. I need to get around to actually doing words, uh, word replacement browser plugins. There's just really what? specific yeah. ones you can do that are amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, uh, in tech circles, it's common to replace mentions of the word uh, "the cloud" with "the butt." I, for at least a little while before yeah. oh, I had the to power reformat of the my butt. computer, I had yeah, a uh, like that. I had a plugin that would replace the word "millennial" or "millennials" with lizard people. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good it one. Makes, it makes it uh, makes listening to like old people <laughs> yell about uh, young people really funny. Do you know what I would yeah. love? I would what? love. A near, like maybe a short novella length Mad Lib 
narrative. Wouldn't that be awesome? It would be so hard to know. keep consistent, though. Yeah, no, it'd have to be a computer program. So Otherwise, time. it would He'd be like too much write work. A little book. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Ah, uh, never mind. It has to, you know it what? De you just, it definitely have to I'm be always... a text field like program thing because no. if it wasn't a real book, it would take you forever. You could totally write it in yeah. Excel. It'd yeah, be awkward to read, but you could totally do it in Excel. Yeah, also, because I, get I always bored found Mad Libs, Mad Libs halfway through the page usually. Yeah, they're usually they're good here. for a giggle, and then you move on. Ah, yeah. And then they butted the butt with a sword <laughs> of magic flame of butts. I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm done with you, Mad Libs. It's over. I can do this on my own. <laughs> As you leave your cottage, you can take uh, you take with you your grandfather's magic butt. <laughs> <laughs> which, which cheek are we talking lefty or righty that's up to you that's the magic of mad libs dude embrace the butt wander yeah embrace the butt <laughs> this butt has more been handed from down fans? through the generations from, from evo dominic a uh, quick oh, question. Yeah. Do you think that the right. B movie is a magnificent piece of art that should be cherished for many decades after oh its release or that it's shit? All right, yep, Man's, next question. You guys Memes. seriously need to step your goddamn Memes. questions up. Wait, Memes. The B movie as in B movies? Yes, the one that, yeah. Or the B movie. The one with the Jerry one Seinfeld that, where he's yeah. a B. I've never seen it. And no, has we anyone saw, actually we seen it? it. <laughs> well, I've seen it like three times, but why? not correctly. Oh. Yeah, we saw the well, version. They got faster and faster. Got faster every time B was said. <laughs> that yeah. was oh, I linked, that's the one I linked where it gets yeah, faster exactly. every time they say B. That's so what the great of the movie was. But brought to I, us by R slash me IRL. Yeah, it was some. Uh, so that was great a, that was a super short, like ten minute version. I got bored and stopped watching before that was over. <laughs> Same here. We skipped ahead <laughs> just to see it go fast. Nah, it. I also oh, saw it um, got great. I saw Shrek with Shrek removed. All like anytime Shrek was on like the screen, they just like cut it. Oh, which was that's really, really funny. Um, so, what was the plot like of the story then? Huh? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, oh, so the story's still kind of coherent. Reedits can be pretty interesting. <laughs> like a, it gets uh, really funny at the very end where they get to the Smash Mouth song <laughs> and like they're just like cutting like Smash Mouth like and you, crazy. You can hear in the song where it's cutting. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, so there were there were only like eight collective minutes of film without Shrek in it. He is yeah, the only character. Like He's the main character of the movie. I know yeah. he is, but you would think that there would be some scenes off to the side where you know, hey, you focus on the villains or maybe, maybe later. Another eight else. minutes. That's the yeah. right there. That's the, fir the first movie like doesn't really cut away, minus like Iron Man and Captain America or something like that. The first movie is too bu too busy being angry at Disneyland. Yeah, the first. You know, do you know what's sad? Huh, funny about Shrek. Uh, what's sad so, about Shrek? Okay, so my grandmother from New York City, from my father's side, so my uh, Greek grandmother, we took her to see Shrek, and she was so upset at the end. And I mean, this is she was about like seventy something at the time, but she goes, "This isn't right. The princess is is supposed to make him into human at the end, right?" Why, why did she become an ogre? And I go, uh -huh. well, that that that's the spin that they're trying to that's get with this one. Yeah. That's also like the closest thing to a moral that the movie has is that it's okay to be different mm -hmm. as opposed to be no, you have to fix you by making you pretty and normal. Which is the creepy, which is often actually the kind of creepy Disney approach to things. 
But at the same time, if you think about it, why did Fiona have to become the ogre instead? I mean, I know that it's a reversal. Turn Donkey into the ogre. But have <laughs> there ever been films where, like, the beast character or, like, the beauty and the beast, where they just remain the same and they're happy being the same? I, the I want one where the beast gets worse. What? <laughs> you know, it goes from, you know, like, uh, say, Beauty and the Beast, but, like, she kisses him and then he gets, like, crazy horns <laughs> and he gets, like, a super hunchback and, like, Even really burly, like, off. forearms. And just, like, moves moves into her house as a mooser. This thing's on his couch, her couch. It's not invalid. She's, it is noteworthy that, like, the uh, Shrek kind of is, like, let's embrace being different, but also interracial's weird. So they have to be the same, or it's weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's yeah, kind of like, would have been great if she turned into something wildly different. Like, now I'm trying to think of person. ones. Now I'm trying to think of weird asymmetrical ones. Like, if they happen ever in children's cartoons, not really. Uh... Hell, Disney still does it, where like characters with mismatching hair color are rare, like in relationships. What do you mean, my mismatching? Uh, I guess not so much so. Like, I guess I'm just thinking of the Rapunzel one, where it's just like. She goes from like this bl- blonde beauty to like short brown hair. I don't know, whatever. I'm grasping hey, hey, straws. Hey, hey, blonde beauty. What are you trying to say? I have I have very dark brown tresses. Cut your hair. No. Keep what's happening. I never really know. It's fine. <laughs> I I keep at trying to suggest she. I'm just looking at super short. bunny socks. So um so Shell's hair is pretty long. It goes like, all the way down to my waist. Yeah. Yes. And like most girls, she sheds a little bit. Not a little bit, a lot. And yeah, I, I, and it wraps around my toes. I, I can swipe oh. my hand across the floor, and I will find hairballs. It's horrifying. And I, and I lose a good you handful a in the shower every day. <laughs> probably should. <laughs> Super bunny socks. Yeah, these, are, actually... these are weird, dude. Why did you link these to me? So su- super bunny socks. This is a super bunny hop thing. Yeah. Um, I, I interrupted with links. <laughs> so it's... I'm a fan of the channel Super Bunny Hop because he makes good videos, and he has this weird he has this weird joke dad persona thing going on with awkward live action things and weird weird Twitter photos and shit. Like there's one where he just looks depressed and with a hood, and people are photoshopping him into all these different images and stuff like that, and like it's just sort of fun with it, but. As a weird thing, he started doing for the holiday season his like his dejected, pl- uh, plain, sad face on socks, and oh. that happened. And That's I, think, a meme. I guess I guess they're selling. I I kind of wish they had <laughs> taken it a step further and actually gotten like some nice official artwork of sad Super Bunny Hop. Yeah. See, now I'm trying to think of instances in which there are interspecies relationships in sci-fi. I know uh, that there's definitely... and uh, the dragon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. It, that uh, is actually a good point. So they Star did, Trek. They did manage to do that. Star Trek has Star a Trek. number of... Yeah. Because, I mean, you have... Uhura and Shatner led the way in the 1960s, and there you go. Though so now they have her sort of paired up with Spock, but then... They separated, and then they might be back together. There's a lot know. of that oh, going on in Mass Effect, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. there's that. <laughs> uh, I know that Farscape had a couple. Uh, mm. Then there was... I mean, Star Wars, to some extent, though, it's all expanded universe. 
I don't think there's ever been a couple in a Star Wars film. Yeah, I don't think ever I've ever seen anybody in a relationship in Star Wars. Huh. It's all it's, it's all been expanded it's universe. Just, it's just Leia and Han, basically. Yeah, and also only kind of. It's weird. And then there's the really stilted, awkward uh, Amidala Anakin situation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I hate sand. Yeah, it gets everywhere. He was like what nine? I slaughtered them 14. like animals. Yeah, except for he was a nine-year-old playing a nine-year-old, and she was a twenty-year-old playing a fourteen-year-old, which was weird. And I hadn't <laughs> known it for the longest time, but Kieran yeah. Knightley was actually the uh, the the double. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. She actually had That's not the been premise. in that many movies before um, before that Star movie Wars? came out. Yeah, like she was in Leon well, the Professional. Young, isn't she? And then like That's Mars not Attacks. No, no, no. I, I'm talking about... Uh, well, now he's talking about Natalie Portman. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, without ever saying oh, her name. Okay. <laughs> well, we were talking about Natalie Portman to some degree. And, and I know, and then I She brought up Kira Knightley in the middle was of... Was her the double. Well, whatever. Mm-hmm. It is funny that the two act the two actresses people confused with each other literally played doubles of each other in a movie before they were confused with each other. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like how the character that's that one actor that's kind of like Willem Dafoe was in the the uh, Spider Man reboot series. Wait, what? I didn't. Oh see, yeah, I didn't see the reboot. you're totally right. This is heard- somebody that looks like Willem Dafoe. Yeah, <laughs> that poor poor man. <laughs> Well, he looks way he looks uh, more traditionally handsome <laughs> than Willem Dafoe. <laughs> I, I I think Willem Dafoe hopefully has a good sense of humor about it, but he is like the most terrifying looking <laughs> person when he wants to be. Jeez, I mean, I'm Google image searching Willem Dafoe, and I I feel like I'm scared now. <laughs> I mean, hey. That's why some okay. actors just uh, get perpetually typecast into yeah, he's roles. Yeah, like he's kind of like Danny Trejo. That just like, he just looks like a villain. There he is, uh, Dennis Leary. The inter- the interesting yeah, thing oh, is, okay. Dennis Leary. <laughs> the, the thing is, like, Anthony Hopkins, he's... despite the fact he was, you know, Hannibal Lecter, among other things, I mean, he's been able to work with a variety of roles. He's not always the, the creepy serial killer. I mean, he gets to be things yeah. like Odin. What was yeah. Tyrion? God, he was in a really famous movie. Was he the one that dressed like as a woman for a role? Maybe. Or something like that? I think it looks like it. Oh no, he did it for the Grammys. Uh-huh. Um, or, no. or, or oh, or whatever. We're doing. Yeah. Oh, is that we're, what we're doing? falling oh, down okay. the IMDb hole again? We have to stop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We have we to do. stop this. Okay. okay. I I just no. I I want to address the <laughs> Dennis. Dennis Leary in a dress because it's amazing. Let Did me, he play let a fire? Oh, was he like famous for a firefighter television series? Oh shit! Where was Come this? On. Rescue me! No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We need to stop. Wait, in 1993, <laughs> his uh... sardonic song about the stereotypical Where? American male asshole achieved such okay, notoriety. I can't what? figure out what we're the just, deal is with just st- real life IMDBing right now. Yeah, we oh, do God. it all the time. I I'm just I'm trying to so figure out the origin re- of the usually when you read this. Usually when you start reading a uh, page out loud, it's because you found something to read out loud. No, Shell just likes That's reading like, these yeah. facts. <laughs> she just started reading it out over the podcast. I'm like, wait, I 
Okay, this isn't going anywhere. <laughs> like, Sorry, I, thought was, I thought it was going just, somewhere. I really thought it I was. Thought, I thought oh. the factoid was huh. interesting. Uh, apparently, the picture that I could find, at least, is just straight up his Twitter profile image. I have no idea the source, but it's just him and a dress. But is it the real Dennis Leary? Yes, yes it... it is the real. Okay, because it does have the little uh, check mark of approval. Yes. But yes, he's an address, and I want to know why, but I don't know why. What does Tommy okay. Gavin, Johnny Rock, and Jane Lynch have to do with him? Are they family members? I don't Friends? know, Shell. It's okay. Let's okay. continue on. Any more questions? <laughs> oh, yeah. To justify my previous statement, by the way, somebody, uh, if you type Wil- Willem Dafoe, Dennis Leary, you get a whole bunch of side-by-side comparisons of people yeah. putting them next to each other. and Oh, you're, you're totally correct. They're definitely I, I indicating I things going on there. So yeah, it was funny to have somebody play like the helpful, I don't know, I don't know if it was like a police chief or something, but like he was, he looked just like the guy that just played the Green Goblin last time. So it was weird. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I had an experience that I was been waiting for a long time for. Oh and yeah. Maybe, uh, so I finally went to a real life escape room, yes. which uh. obviously like I like my puzzles and everything and I was looking to see what that works like. And uh, who did you go with? Uh, uh, some local friends. Uh, there was this girl Carissa who I used to commute with to college and was in a lot of in some of the, the really really early videos I used to make with Andrew, and uh, she just invited a bunch of people to go to the local escape room. I think she had like a what's the a, a, a group on for it? Yeah. And uh, I I can see why it had a group on. <laughs> yeah. Let's just okay. say it, it got me. It got it got me. Just enough in the territory of like, oh, I sure hope I get to experience this in escape room someday. Again, it's still what my I'm still I feel like I still haven't done that basically because um, uh, it wasn't great. <laughs> oh. so, so what was the premise? I've admittedly been uh, hyped up a little bit because uh, I would like I played that one escape room game with Wander and Shell a little bit, and I also played the room, which was a uh, which technically is a puzzle box game, not an escape room game. But then I've also played a fair number of environmental puzzle games. So, like, I'm used to ideas of, like, cool, like, physical puzzles uh-huh. or mazes or weird latches and, like, shape-matching things and then riddles and so on and so forth. So, I was, uh, there's so many ways to approach this kind of thing. Like, hidden compartments mm-hmm. and hidden buttons and so many things you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game, uh, we walked into a room that was probably, like, say, let's say 15 feet by 15 feet, maybe even as small as 10 by 10. Uh, it was a plain white room. It was like walls they put up in the middle of a larger building. So like there was right. no ceiling. It was just open air to the rest of the building. And uh, mm-hmm. there was a well, as we walked in, there was a table in the middle of the room, a chest in the back left, a, a bookcase covering the whole right side of the wall, and then on, along the left wall there was like a there was like a desk and like a just ba- some some really really sparse furniture items. What happened is the six of us immediately split up and just started checking everywhere. And what we mm-hmm. found it was we found uh, we found four riddles, a whole bunch of different uh, like tarot cards and cubes that have symbols on them, and so on and so forth. Oh, yeah. But and then that they was the just that broke the experience. What was unfortunate is that that was immediately the end of the actual uh, room part of the experience. Uh huh. At that point, What's... immediately so it was just like well, there was so there was four locks on the wall. There was it was supposed mm-hmm. to be like the premise was like it was like the magician's lab or something like that was the was the premise. But there there was there was so light on theming you could just immediately forget there was supposed to be any kind of theme. Uh, there was four well, it riddles. Also seems like 
yeah, they're all really we're... basic ones. Like the one, like I, I grabbed onto one that was about monsters, and it, and the idea was the clue was so shitty that it just explicitly told you how to solve it. Aww. Where it was just like it. <laughs> It was basically you, you found the four monster cards that had the same symbol as the that the clue's card had, which was the clue was just a piece of paper that was laminated that explicitly had a picture of the lock that the key's gonna go into and a symbol mm-hmm. for what that sh- tells you what things are attached to it. And it was like the most straightforward basic shit ever. Uh there was five cards with the monsters on them and it, t- it the the clue was to uh it was to the, it was a it was a combination lock with numbers. So mm-hmm. you know you're looking for numbers. It asks you uh, what is special about each monster, and when chronicling monsters, it's best to do them alphabetically. And each monster was like something with six heads, something with four arms, a cyclops, and it's like oh, so I just put them in alphabetical order by name and count the number right. of eyes or limbs or whatever, and then that's the code, and then that was the code, and that was over. And I'm like oh cool. Oh, that so was, like Cyclops. That was twenty five percent of the four. puzzle of the escape room because it's only so you, four locks. You nerd Dang. cheesed your way through the entire thing. It wasn't yeah, even nerd like cheese because the cards broken. have the names of the monsters on them, and the cards were pictures of the monsters. So you just had to look at them like for a second and be like, "Oh, look, there's that many of that." Like it, it was just really basic shit. Now, that if they were better, what they would have done is yeah, they would have chosen animals or like mythological creatures from different cultures and whatnot and you'd have to scour the library of books well, was it, well the one the, the one vaguely ones. interesting thing is that the, the magician's notebook was there and it had documents after documents about all of these different things uh mm-hmm. but they made two shitty mistakes which is that uh first of all it seemed as far as i could tell it and we never really needed it but also when you'd go to each section it would li- it would literally only have entries about the exact things that were in the puzzle so it's like right. there, if there were a whole bunch of different monsters and stuff like that, like they don't, they don't like they didn't write down like fifteen entries for different mystical beasts or anything. It was literally just the five monsters on the five cards and nothing else. And it's so like there was so it nothing doesn't. That could... It was just too obvious. So it doesn't feel like you're going through a notebook that existed outside mm-hmm. of the puzzles. It was just literally like an entry on every puzzle mechanic of the game, basically. But all of them seemed pointless mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah, because uh, I mean, in many puzzle games, usually you're supposed to be bombarded with tons of information, and some of them are supposed to be false leads. Yeah, but you're supposed right. to be able to discern which ones are the correct ones. It was also uh, so cheap that they didn't even like print out a book and have it pressed or anything, or even like mm-hmm. make a, or even like Found sew one properly. together or anything. They had pieces of paper like, t- like taped to pages. Of an existing blank book, like they bought a blank diary and, and taped uh, these prints out on, on them. Basically, they could have they could have invested some money into getting a an actually you know a printed book, or, they, or yeah. they could have gotten an artist or someone they to like hand calligraphy and no theme. everything in that there sucks. and then sketch out the image. So uh. you had one hour to solve the entire room. And uh-huh. uh, we got stuck not making progress for about 25 minutes. And the thing, the door brags that only 27% of people ever finish the puzzle. But we found okay. out that the reason why we were stuck is because the, the puzzle broke. <laughs> Which is that... Uh, you put the right nice. locks in and stuff and then it <laughs> so, just So here's a, here's a dumb introduction is that we found a treasure... We found a box full of like fake treasure. And okay. in the mm-hmm. corner of the room was a giant chest like... The type that like you see in like the Harry Potter movies for all their luggage for the entire school year, that type of big chest. Yeah. And it and in a shitty label, it just says, uh, Trunky loves treasure. 
like Trunky loves eating treasure and it had a hole and you're just supposed to pour the treasure in. It's like it's not even a puzzle and it's not even like a clue you solve. There's not like uh-huh. you're not putting clues together to figure out that you're supposed to put stuff in the trunk. The trunk Does just it has cost a, sh- a piece. Of, it basically just has a piece of tape saying to put treasure in it. You pour the treasure in and it's supposed to activate a uh, a scale that, that opens it. Oh uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But what happens is it didn't. So we poured all the treasure in there and nothing happened. And so we just moved on and tried to solve other things. But then hit so many mm-hmm. dead ends. At one point, somebody was taking runes and trying to solve mathematical equations with them and deciphering puzzles that weren't there because we couldn't figure uh-huh. out anything else to do. That uh, 15 minutes That's before the time... Yeah. 15 minutes before the time limit ran out, uh, the, the treasure just chest just opens because apparently it's on a timer. Where apparently, uh, if, if, apparently if you don't figure it out, it's supposed to open on a timer so that you can, people can move forward. Because two of the uh, locks, two of the four combination locks were in it. And we couldn't proceed uh, because the weight, the scale that makes it open from the stupid clue that didn't even take thought didn't open. Like it's so, if it's it was on a so timer, embarrassing. Wait, so will it open regardless of whether or not you put the treasure in it at that time? Or did you have to it's put supposed the treasure to open regar- in advance? It was supposed to open regardless but the problem is we solved it, so it was supposed to open a long time ago. Uh, like it's, supposed to, it's supposed to be like a failsafe. Say if you're too stupid to figure it out, it opens on its own. But it, right. instead it opened because it waited that long to open because the, the chest was open. The chest was broken. Also, I was looking for puzzles that weren't there because I was thinking it was going to be interesting in some way. So like they were calling... They were calling... Uh, they were saying stuff like choose wisely and like the locks were stuff called like stuff like Pandora's Box and all these foreboding names. So my idea trying to be clever was that we were going to put each of the locks uh keys in the locks but not actually turn any of them until we have any in, until we make sure we ha- don't we aren't ruining something by opening the wrong lock and like dooming ourselves or something uh mm-hmm. what and this place is full of cameras and it has a boom mic and everything so they can observe us and everything they start typing on the screen like what hand do you have in reference to like a hand of uh deck of cards that were in the room uh, to trying to hint us that like the, that royal flush was some solution to some puzzle that we solved like half an hour ago, uh, mm-hmm. so they're breaking immersion by already by having stupid text pop up on a screen that's all, all a digital screen and everything, and it's also for it's for a puzzle we already solved but we just weren't opening the locks because we thought it might actually do something wrong if you open them at the wrong time so we were just finding the keys and matching them with locks and that was it, mm-hmm. and uh. When we said that we already saw, when we shouted that we already solved that one, they're they're like uh, they're like you should open the locks, lol. They said on the screen. So like uh, this magician's this whole magician's lab thing is really falling apart pretty fast here, because the place uh-huh. is just staffed by bored teenagers. Like it, it's staffed by the same people you expect to see at like a Taco Bell, basically. Like a, like a yeah. mini golf. They're only half the paying course, attention, yeah. so they don't know which puzzles we've solved, and they don't really care, and everything is boring and cheaply made. And I'm like, oh. This Aww. is like my dream, and it's not happening. Because <laughs> I, I still want to go sucks. to a puzzle. I still want to go to an escape room, but man, this was not. So the, you guys the right still solved it and everything. You got out in time. Oh yeah, yeah. Once the treasure chest opened up magically, as on the on the timer, uh, it was just over immediately because mm-hmm. we already had everything solved. It's just the game broke, and they didn't do anything about it. Like they could clearly hear us talking about it being broken, and they just didn't do anything about it even though they must have known that we already put the treasure in so something was wrong and they just waited out the timer like we would have had we would have destroyed their record we would have been done in 20 minutes probably instead of uh what was probably like 45 by the end because the it was just a broken sad easy puzzle nightmare it was it was disappointing and after you got out of it there was nothing else no you just leave yeah you just leave place Uh, i had some friends that did a puzzle room 
Uh, they did it as a group of six, and the puzzle was rated for 12. And oh. they said, like, that was really, really hard as a result. Um, yeah, my brother did one, and he said they didn't even get through, like, half of it. Yeah. Yeah. So he, yeah, like, I the think right he number just went to a sh- Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was my yeah, premise when I introduced it, was that I probably went to the shitty mm-hmm. one. Yeah. yeah That's why I'm saying I still want to go heard, to one. Everyone that I've heard who's done a puzzle room has spoken very glowingly about them. They yep. say they put a lot of effort into it. I, and the I found the one that's the shame of the industry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pay for now, it, though. I, I don't even I know how much it cost. I can't wait for like, the, mini, the mini labyrinth ones this one where they might have not been hook expensive. you up to VR and everything. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah, once VR gets incorporated with puzzle rooms, that's going to be really cool. It already is. Well, Steam has not... escape rooms on VR. Yep. That's the one thing yeah, that makes but... me jealous, but I'm frustrated because there's no reason it has to be a VR game. <laughs> eh. No, I- I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about the ones where they just prep the walls and some props, but because you don't actually see them, they just need to be the correct shape. And, you know, they have corridors and whatnot. And it's, you know, first-person shooter going around, monsters are leaping at you and whatnot. And because you're actually in an environment, like, let's go say that you, you know, press your back up against the wall and you peek around the corner. You're actually doing it because that's what you're feeling in the environment. It's just Mm -hmm. dressed by the VR to look like the innards of, you know, a spaceship. And then, oh yeah! I mean, it sounds like the Hololens demos they did for a while, where they would just put you in blank rooms because it was going to project all the actual stuff in front of you. Mm-hmm. They just need the interactive objects to be there. Right. So, I mean, I think that would be really cool. It's a good way to As augment they... things. It's also kind of an episode yeah. of Black Mirror. I did yeah. a uh, kind of a puzzle room. It wasn't really a puzzle. It wasn't an escape room. It was just like you sit in a room with people and you just solve puzzles for like six hours or whatever. That's called, really that's called positive. college. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, we didn't get graded at the end. I didn't. We didn't have to pay like seven thousand dollars to oh, do it. Did you ever do any of those like Microsoft Puzzle Days or whatever? Yeah, I did. Uh, I did one of those, but it was for fun and not for like a career thing. Um, it was. Uh, it was. It was really fun. Really great way to like kind of blow off steam for a couple hours one day. Um, we should. Uh... But like, there's. The, some corporations will do um, like wait team building ones where you're where you have to incorporate programming and you have to like make a product out of it as well. That's like uh, you got to save the world from like rice eating mega monsters or whatever, <laughs> if, like weird stuff like that. Dude, we should totally um, find one of the like programming agnostic ones. You know, just puzzles for the sake of puzzles, and uh-huh. try and like just record that. When, yeah, it seems like a one fun of those days. That would sure. be a fun. It might thing be against TOS though. Um, interesting question. Because yeah. other people might be watching and then cheat. Oh yeah, I don't know though. I don't know. Yeah, I think that some way they could have actually improved uh, Keith's particular room, the one that he experienced, was if they had one of those have to like care. Well, yes, they have to <laughs> care. They'd have to have superior like props and such, but. I mean, there usually there has to be a story that compels you, and it would be really cool if, say, let's go say that the the wizard is trapped in a crystal ball, and they might have like some kind of screen output that shows his face, and he's talking with you, and he's like, you know, I I and can't that's stay. The thing that gives you all the clues, right? Like but that. like, you know, I can't stay long. You know, my connection to this plane is dim. 
you know, uh -huh. please, you know, check my notes. There are some things here and there, but, you know, please, if you don't do this in time, I'll be lost from forever. And, you know, this demon creature will emerge from that mirror on the other side of the room. It's like, oh, so in, in at the point at which you succeed, maybe like the wizard emerges from the mirror and he's like, oh, you know, thank goodness, you know, now help me, you know, conduct this ritual to, uh, you know, seal the, the demonic creature in there forever. Or if you fail, the demonic creature emerges from the mirror and dun dun dun, lights go black and everyone's quote unquote dead. Like, you know, just put some theatrics in there. Like if only. Nope. But that's what they yeah, do. Yeah, I've heard of ones, like, I've heard of puzzle rooms that have like a, uh, unconscious people in the room and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I just do. wonder how those places make money. They must charge you a lot. And still probably barely break even, you know, because they have to have like theatrics that are comparable with video games. Yeah, the the, the good ones are all I mean, the ones that are like passion projects or something. Yeah, like you, that's, I, I like mean, you can't do that on accident. You have to actually like really want to do it to be making a place yeah. like that. There needs There's to be like some... some eccentric billionaire artist who's like my 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 life's <laughs> goal, my my oeuvre is making escape rooms. What if, like, what if the government if, funds it with like? What if a billionaire made an escape house? Uh, that'd be great. I mean, that'd be cool. It's the uh, the Winchester Mansion. <laughs> <laughs> I I just want to see Winchester's uh, more, escape more room. video there's, games. There's walls that, that are there's doors that just go outside on the second floor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, people put so much love into you know the haunted houses. And the haunted mazes that you find around Halloween. Yeah, but they don't expect to make a profit. Usually, that's like the the county pays for it. Yeah, but at the same time, I went time, to a commercial porn maze like and... a couple years ago. That was actually like really fun. Uh, yeah, that sounds cool. And I mean, I definitely know that the people at Renaissance festivals get paid fairly well. I mean, they granted, do. they're well. Yeah, but like. The entry fees are ridiculous. I was gonna say admissions for Renaissance like festivals are very high, high, aren't they? Yeah. Uh like thirty bucks. But no, it was more. For the one that we always go to? It was like forty to fifty. No, we yeah. we always got ours for our tickets from Wegmans and that was always at a discount. Oh, because when we went and I was paying, it was like forty fifty. Really? Yeah. Nah, nah, yeah it, was, nah. it was pricey. And then if you wanted to buy food, it was like 10 bucks a Food thing. is expensive inside yeah. the Renaissance Festival, but that's because it's out in the middle of nowhere. They don't expect you to leave and come back. Plus, in the Middle Ages, food was really expensive. We stopped going to Renaissance Festivals because my brother stabbed himself. <gasps> um, How? Somehow, he had, he got we were at the throwing dart place, and he somehow got two throwing darts and was stabbing them with, onto a hay bale over and over again, just screwing around, and then he somehow stabbed through his own hand. What? Yep. Wait, wait, wait. So he must have been placing his hand on the other side of the corner of the hail hay barrel. And, like, he stabbed this way and then stabbed he his own hand. He did stupid. Yeah. Sounds You're, like it. I'm just... The more I hear about you, your brother, the more I wonder, <laughs> like, uh, well, how old was yeah, he when that happened? Yeah, stories are a little bit, like, huh. Listen, little brothers are always dumber than you. I mean, I do have a little well, brother. Well, that's just genetics. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like things even out over time, but the entire time that they're, that they're in the period of time where you would call them your little brother, they're always going to seem stupid because they're always doing stupid things because they're always years behind you. 
And so I have a lot mm. of stupid little brother uh, stories because he did really stupid things from time to time. And I was always uh, just old enough, just older enough to know how them. stupid he was being. Yeah. <laughs> did I ever tell you guys the story about the horse that escaped at the Renaissance Festival? That was uh, interesting. No. There was a okay. horse inside of a pen, of a, and then it was out of, of the a pen. Disaster. <laughs> okay, okay. So, my friends and I would go to the Renaissance Festival in Sterling every single year. We absolutely, we absolutely loved it, and sometimes we even go in costume. So I made like an awesome fawn outfit. So I had you know the horns, the ears, the tail, you name it. Awesome. Uh, and we tend to stay pretty much from 10 a.m. all the way until closing time, which is just after 6, like 7-ish. And, I mean, granted, it's a long day, but there's so many shops, so many skits, uh, the jousting match, of course. So over where the jousting takes place, they actually have an area where they tie up the horses. And these are, like, the big, you know, Clydesdale, Percheron-type horses. They're not necessarily the thoroughbreds that you use for traditional riding and racing. These are the ones that have to carry all the heavy armor. Mm-hmm. And um, so my friends were wanting to look at some more uh, merchandise and like one final ride. And it just so happened to be close to where the horses were tied up. And so I was sit- standing with some of my friends and we look, I just hear a knocking sound and I look over and this one horse looks very irate. He's gnashing his uh, jaws. He's a, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say foaming at the mouth, but you know, when, when they get Fighting upset, a bit. yeah, except mm. he didn't have a bit. Oh, um, in any case, uh, he was just really agitated, you know, his loins quivering all over the place. Um, oh. Oh, sorry, uh. not, not that kind of loins, like, <laughs> like the upper part of your leg kind of loin, not. Yeah, we know that's a thigh. <laughs> Thigh, yes. Yeah, that's, thigh. That's a thigh. For Craig's sake. Then what? Stop staring at horse penises, Shell. <laughs> For goodness sake. Oh Did not know you were into this stuff. No. Mm-hmm. Oh, for goodness sake, guys. In any case, like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it was the flies or what, but um, he was you just You can angry. call me Loin. My dad is Sir Loin. <laughs> Uh, All right, so how did you get three? Uh, okay. Your world building a horse escaping. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. It was okay. a dark and spooky night. <laughs> Actually, it was pretty the bright. The elf basking and, oh, very in the sun warm. at night. Uh, what? <laughs> okay. So the horse actually was pawing its hoof at the fence that the um that its reins were tied around, except. They weren't tied properly because I slowly started to see them unwind and it just looped around and around. I'm like, oh my guys, you know, run for it. So we go to the gazebo and this horse, as soon as it's free, it just trots out with its tail in the air, its ears perked forward. You know, it is an aggressive- It is We're an all waiting to bring horse. it up. <laughs> Watch out! It's escaping. How many? How many? Uh, how many wenches ran afoul of that? That stallion. <laughs> but stallion. <Guys. laughs> mm. So he trots around for a bit, and my one friend who had just gotten off of a ride was like, "Was he oh, hot look. to trot?" 
there's a horse. And she actually goes up to him. We're like, no, no, don't. And the horse fortunately, you know, turns and just disregards her and runs off full keel uh, towards the the other pens. It turns out that there was another set of horses that were on the other side, uh, other side of the jousting area. Oh no! And it just it just wanted to see one of them, and so he leapt the fence. You know, just stood next to this other. Uh, maybe it was a mare. I don't know. But you know, and then they just started eating the hay together, and. This is a lot of build-up. And then they were rolling in the hay. <laughs> so, so they were finally munching, and fortunately, the horse was docile enough at that point for the um, horse hands to come over. And, but those were a scary couple moments where, you know, before I had prompted my friends to run into the gazebo, we were just out in the or- open, you know, right in the path of this very irate horse, and. Uh, Did it poop on you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would have been mentioned sooner. It's, it's a it, horse. It, it did poop on so, the road, but... Not, say, there you go. <laughs> not exactly in the same vein, but uh, we went to a... Is it... I think it's Nantucket in Massachusetts. Um, We went there as part of a youth group thing back when I was in eighth grade, I think. And they had, like, a horse and buggy, for whatever reason, that you could uh, ride. Uh, like, somebody uh, as part of that affiliated church. Um, and I have a lot of, like, weird uh, religious stories, apparently. Okay, anyway. Uh, so, horse and buggy. And the horse wasn't feeling well that day, for whatever reason. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, whatever. It, you know, maybe just getting out about will be a good thing. And it did feel better by the end, but uh, <laughs> the midpoint was it uh, spray shitting all over the the owner uh, directly behind it on the wagon. It was amazing. Yeah, that's how horses already operate. They're gross. <laughs> spray shitter. They're the smartest poop machines in the face of the planet. Yep. I didn't... I, the rootinest, tootinest, poopinest. I've told you guys about <laughs> the time when the horse that I was riding named Sprite had to go to the bathroom in the middle of a train ride. Sprite or Sprite? Sprite! Like, the drink Sprite. Uh... I think you might have have misheard shite. Ah. (laughs) Listen, we were all thinking of poop puns to go with. We were all all trying. This was urination. Horse urination is just like a waterfall. So it was a spritz. Sprite decided to spray spritz. Yeah, whatever. Damn. <laughs> they still just outplayed you all there. I mean, she just said the words we said already, but together. Right, right, but together. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Anywho. We need to escape horses. Okay, I want, do you have I want more questions. I kind of uh, want to talk about Final Fantasy. Questions? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we've been playing Final Fantasy a lot. Completely heard about that one. That game is uh, something. Uh, So, heard it's a total. Some things are great, some things are like horrible about it. So, the the gameplay rhythm of just going to a place, fighting some stuff, uh, getting the auto loot, going back to your car, driving somewhere else, random colorful dialogue happening while you continue to do that cycle like that's oddly and that's that that can be oddly fun in like a mindless in like a in like a mindless entertainment sort of way but man 
the the story does not play nice with the rest of the game in any way. No, it doesn't. No. It is. So I've actually gotten kind of bored of the open world stuff, so I've just decided to play nothing but story missions back to back to back to back. Which is also the only way to play the story, because oftentimes if you start any story, you have to play several back to back because it locks you out of open world. Yeah, so I just got to the point where Gladiolus just like randomly leaves the party. Oh yeah, we're somehow completely in sync with this game and the story. Yeah, um, I, I, well, I'm a little bit past that. Like he's back now, and the him leaving the party to him rejoining the party was nothing but confusing the entire way through. Um, because they never, uh, they never explained where he, where he was, where he, like where he went. He's just like. By I gotta way, go on a I, hike to clear my head, is what he says. Yeah. And then he just disappears from the party. Even though he's like the king's guard, and there's only three of them, and now there's two of them, and he's just gone. And you're and meeting you with your and on. you're literally going to meet with enemies. And it's like, yeah. what is he what are you doing? Wait, like there's so little off? there's so little possible Nothing. explanation for like, that being reasonable. And maybe it'll come up game, later, but it's so bad. It would have only made sense if someone important to him died or there was some Yeah. Normally there would be like a point to it. Like, but like things were actually going fairly well comparatively, as far as I was concerned. Like, you know, the prince was doing a little bit better emotionally, and yeah. they'd already there's, had their like no kind of come to Jesus really. moment. Yeah, there's no drama. He's just like, by the way, I gotta go away for a while. And he comes back, and there's like zero explanation of why or where or what. He's just, yep, yeah. And I then mean, he comes this... back, and he's like, in the early part of the main story, there's a part where you come back and find out that the enemies attacked all of your friends and killed one of them. Like, not the party members, but some random oh, yeah. person. Almost imme- You almost immediately stop talking about the person acknowledging them, and you, go on a, and you go on a fun, sunny drive across the coast and go visiting, like, photo shoots and, like, camping mm. spots and have a swell time, as if none of that's overshadowed by... What should be the sense of vulnerability because everybody was in danger and someone died. <laughs> like, immediately, like, oh, we're just going on a fun little road trip with Iris. I'm like, this is weird tone. What, what I don't get is, what's this craze that's been occurring more in these games where taking photographs actually used as a, a part of the gameplay? I mean, well, so I can, each I'm... of the characters has kind of like a bizarre, um, like hobby that they like doing so one of them likes cooking one of them likes camping one of them likes photography and noxus uh noxus noctis really likes fishing um which like none of it none of it actually has any like real bearing on the game it's just kind of like stuff that you can do that actually does give you kind of a combat benefit if you're doing cooking but the rest of it is just like you could totally play through the entire game and never do any of it because i see you every once in a while going through photographs being like, I want to keep this one, I don't want to keep that one, I do want to keep... And it also reminds me about how, you know, playing the most recent Pokemon games, there are actually some spots where it's like, hey, you know, try to, like, Pokemon Snap style, why don't you try taking photographs of these Pokemon and get likes on social media, but it's a fake uh, social simulated, media. I'm so glad they didn't bother with, like, simulated social media, I hate that in games. <laughs> Digimon Cyber Story... Or cyber, oh, cyber, God. cyber, whatever. <laughs> tried doing that, and it was so meaningless. It's so oh, yeah. Tokyo Mirage Sessions has literally thousands yep. of text messages. And yeah, I hated uh, all of them because so they're impossible. Do you remember in Pokemon where you'd be walking around and you get a phone call from like Trainer Joey? It's like my cat is cool, <laughs> and I, I like I it more like, than I you. Here's care. an emoticon. See, I liked yeah. those where uh, they call you and be like. 
I want to battle you again, and I'm like, sweet, yes. Well, that's because you See, have that's more useful. money. Yeah. Because you get some money out of it, not like... Do you have a... Did you catch a Rattata? So chat... So hey. Wonders Chat's saying something that bothers me, which is that they're suggesting that maybe the explanation of Gladiolus would be in a D the DLC that's coming out or whatever, and that's... You should never do that with the game. Yeah, yeah. DLC this game is post-game, somebody else, or just fun stuff. It al it's alarming yeah. to me that this game's going to have DLC. It has a prologue demo. It has Does a movie, a and, and it has a six-part anime series. But when you look at the game itself, it's so bare bones and nothing happening in its story. Because uh, my understanding is, I think I've been told it's a fourteen-chapter game. Yes. And the Gladiolus leaving and coming back part, that's chapter 7. So that means we're halfway yeah. through the game story. I feel like I haven't started the story yet. Yeah, yeah. We're we're currently doing the Yuna thing of going around and getting the summons, but without any of the, like, Seymour doing whatever, or the reasons for it. We don't like, even really have the most concrete explanation of why it's necessary. Yeah. Or who we're going after, or what it, our mission it's is. It's just that if we don't do it, Noctis gets really bad headaches. Like, the main thing is Noctis should probably not get caught and killed by the enemy, probably, is ma is more or less the only motivation I have in the story right now. The story basically is, like, you leave home on a road trip to go get to go meet your bride-to-be, and, oh no, your home got attacked while you were gone. Like, a me that's the end of, like, chapter two or whatever, which is what the Kingsglaive movie is, is your home being attacked. So that happens off-camera, so that's cool. Great storytelling there. It's all in a movie you have to watch separate from the game. And yep. so then you start going on a journey to just just wander around the environment and collect stuff. So every single story mission so far has been a chapter where you meet up with someone, drive from point A to point B in real time, because there's usually a conversation happening the whole way, like GTA, do a really brief fighting segment or super scripted linear thing where they introduce a mechanic that sucks and you have to just deal with it for the next yeah, 10 minutes and then it like goes away. Stealth. Yeah, like stealth mechanics. Then a cutscene, and then it's over. And so, like entire story missions of this game that take that are that are that are that are entire chapters are about as long as in, as some of the missions in a GTA game, where it's just like go to place, go fight, leave. But then it's like chapter complete. Like you did some big chunk of the game, and I'm like, I'm like, there's no story happening, and I don't feel yeah, like I did anything. An hour. And that level wasn't mark. fun or interesting. And I'm like, what? How is this the story of this game? I'm so I'm baffled by it. And I know we've probably discussed this on our World of Warcraft playthrough, but from what little I've seen from like trailers and Wander playing it, I just do not like the aesthetic of the game. It doesn't. It's it's very like like kind be, of fifties, sixties Nevada. Yeah, it's I think we weird. went on for a while last time about that. Yeah, we did. Like the environment just doesn't match up with itself, so it's like. Does it kind of look like the Lost Lost Boys, like fifties type of thing? Well, you've got fantasy like monsters, a... but they're in, like, an Arizona, like, back roads, like, diner area that goes off to a coast that looks like California areas with redwood tree, like, locations a bit. But then, uh -huh. like, across the river, across the bridge, there's, like, a straight-up fantasy kingdom of, like, the castle that's in Kingsglaive and stuff. And this is all mixed in with dungeons that are, like, like fantasy ruins with monsters. And none of it feels like it matches which I think we talked about last time with the idea of, like, you'll find a guy with a broken-down car and the quest is to go get him a thing to fix it. But he's standing out there in the middle of the night surrounded by super monsters and none of it matters because they won't hurt him for some reason. And, like, none, and of it, roads, none of it jives. The roads look like conventional roads. The cars look very outdated. The gas station... Yeah, they even like comment sometimes about how 
outdated the cars are in comparison to your already presumably like 30, 40 year old supercar, admittedly. But, your supercar doesn't really look like a super supercar. No, it, like, it looks like a fancy car. Apparently, uh, in the end game, it gets like an upgrade to make it super, but whatever. <laughs> um, and this is like post-game, which is... Why even bother? I agree with the people in chat. Chocobos are the only good thing in the, the game. The Chocobos are, in my opinion, except for one, one glaring issue. Uh, when riding the Chocobo... You can't switch the music, so get ready to listen to only the Chocobo theme. <laughs> now, 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 the Chocobos have their tails in the air. They do not have their buttholes yeah, showing, right? You can buy yeah. hundreds of Good. songs for your car, but the Chocobo to... song is always the Chocobo song. Yeah, and you can even get a player MP3 player. And the moment you hop on that Chocobo, <laughs> the <laughs> song is gone. I've been listening to a lot of Final Fantasy X battle music. I... Uh, yeah, uh, Dissidia actually has some pretty good music, too. I don't know. I... <laughs> I like, oh, God, I love they're the scary music. looking. What's really fifteen are scary. What's really <laughs> weird about the story too is that like the entire time you're in the open road and doing side quests or even just wandering around, it's nonstop like silly banter at all times. But the moment you're in uh. any quest, it's interpersonal drama and anger and <laughs> angst and darkness. Uh. But with the same people you were just joking with two seconds ago, and none of it like uh. there's no flow to any of it. It sounds insane. And what's really strange to me about the whole thing is that the progression system doesn't even slightly match with the main story. There are dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of like level ten quests, which you have to yes. like that you that you immediately at level. So like if you played any uh -huh. other open world RPG ever, you're like, oh look at all these level quests. I'll do these now, and I'll get to the main story when I finish these and stuff like that. At least do a situation where you finish chapter three and you could be level forty already, which yep. is the recommended That's level for beating the game. <laughs> Yep, you can be so, uh, like way over level this game. I hit too? the well, recommended so level for beating the game in the third chapter out of fourteen chapters. Oh and I was, god, part, no. with no grinding or anything, it was just, just doing yeah. the quests and yeah, doing so the level up mechanic. Here's oh, the weird no. part about the game: levels kind of don't matter. Like all the enemies do stupidly high amounts of damage for weird reasons, um, and like some side quests will have you like go off and fight X. And you'll you'll fight it, and um, it it could be anywhere from like a level ten creature to a level twenty creature, and it's a complete crapshoot on whether or not it's going to kill you or not. Like mm -hmm. I fought level twenty horses, uh, and had an easy time of it. I had then I immediately went like twenty feet in another direction for another hunt, and fought level twenty giraffes, murdered the whole party. Yep. I huh. I went about 10 hours without having a single bit of difficulty with any fight, and then I had my first ever pack of Coerls. Yes. Which are the Lightning <laughs> Panthers, and they, they destroyed suck. us. I actually had one of those attack me after chapter 2 or 3. Like, it just... I walked out of that initial cave where you get your first King's Blade thing, and suddenly I'm dead because a Coral... Yay! Like, found me and murdered me. Yeah, the, no the difficulty curves all over the place. Right? I fought only three coerls, just three of them, and I was level 30-something, and my entire party got decimated. But when I fought a super monster outside one of the... Uh, that was outside of one of the uh, relic locations that was 20 levels higher than my party, I beat him in 30 seconds without any sweat. Is this the... Uh... It was, this the the it, was the, it was the lightning vulnerable know. enemy behind the toad waterfall at, uh, yeah, at Malman and the Malmalam thicket. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, that's the Bandersnatch. Oh, hey, you're really fighting in this episode design. I'm watching. It was cool. <laughs> yep. What a coincidence. That was that was actually a cool fight. Like the one thing they do well is like the monster design is amazing and I really do enjoy like running into these things. It's just like they're over so fast. Like I found the oh, yeah. uh I found the underwater um sort of underwater dungeon it immediately after the the Melon thicket in the main story, and yeah. I killed that thing in I think about a minute and a half, maybe two. Um and like I never got to see it because it kept flying, so I'm just like, there it is. I'll go hit it a bunch, and then I will use over uh, whatever Ignis's second move is, which is ridiculous. And then that was that was just it. I I killed it, and it was weirdly jarring because it was a really cool monster that I really wanted to spend like time fighting, you know, Final Fantasy style. Because yep. I mean, how long did it take to kill like Seymour and stuff? Oh in- God. When he first 10. summons the giant Aeon with the chains um, and everything, and I'm like, I'm doomed. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> and that was yeah. the first time. That was, like, the first fight. Yeah. <laughs> was that a man hanging from a sign back there? Shh. Yeah, Seymour was, like... Like, there's, like, five Seymour fights, and, like, three of them are in my top ten hardest JRPG fights I've actually done until now. I was gonna say, they're, like, 20-minute, 40-minute <laughs> slogs each. Exactly. Like, I loved that about Final Fantasy X. on the snowy 10. slope at the very end. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, dude, that actually forced my friend to quit the game because he literally <laughs> couldn't beat Seymour because his summons were too high of a level and the rest of his characters were too low of a level and he could he could not do it. <laughs> That's when you gotta grind, get those uh, get those breaks in your damage cap. What's weird yeah. is I've also had my fair share of, of glitches with the game already, like a f- like really mm-hmm. like too often. Uh, there's silly ones like uh, like when uh, Prompto takes photos, his photos glitch out a lot, so he'll take photos inside of walls or inside of other people or inside of anything really. Like his selfies are constantly glitching out for me and and doing stupid things. And then there's, there's also silly ones where uh, at one point I went got on the chocobos and Ignis was standing on his chocobo by floating above it, doing his normal standing animation. And when the chocobo would run, he would run in place above it. Uh, and the one, and then once the chocobo jumped for the first time, he was infinitely falling above his chocobo for the rest of the drive. And at one point, uh, Prompto stood up inside the car while the hood was down and was just doing his idle standing animation through the car. So that, so silly moments like that, but I've had two, uh, game breaking bugs where I had to, uh, leave the area so I could get to a place where I'm allowed to save, save, and then load that save, then come back to fix the glitch because I couldn't play. Uh, one was an enemy which just would not spawn. I went to the location for its fight. It was a small circle. It was it was like the first flan fight I was trying to do, and it was just an empty circle with nothing in it. And I would run around in forever, and nothing was happening. And the moment I reloaded my save, it was just right there in plain sight. But the second really breaky one was that I was in the water temple you were talking about. My camera stopped rotating. So I was running around with a fixed camera angle, which was facing one of the walls, and I tried tried triggering fights. At one point during the fight, it turned back on rotation for one second, then turned it back off again. And Mm. yeah, like I'm trying to navigate a dungeon full of walls and tunnels, and and then that particular dungeon, there's multiple floors, and the map's totally useless for the most part, and you have to look around physically with the camera. And the game doesn't have like a center behind you button or anything like that. It's just the right joystick for rotating it, and none of it's automatic. And so I, uh-huh. I had to leave the entire I had to I had to leave the entire dungeon, go outside, save, load my save, and then go back to where I left off to get the game to work properly again. And so it, it's a the game's kind of a mess in a lot of ways, like a like, surprising they did number a of ways. A lot of things, right? The continent's good. Of? 
and yeah. the mindless mindless questing is fun as my in a mindless questing sort of way. Yeah. Uh the fast travel is pretty good. The load times are terrible, but that's the that's the PS4. Uh more than anything else. Uh I really like the fact that the car drives itself for the most part. You don't really have to like suffer through like trying to drive a shittily car like uh, a shittily like controlled car or anything like that uh they mm-hmm. they did the uh witcher thing which i really appreciated you know just point, point yourself at where you want to go and it will go and then you just kind of turn the nice thing with witcher though is that you'd hit paths and then you'd hold a on the path to auto lock to the path and it would just keep jogging along the path but then you could also just have free roam all the time yeah uh this the car has you can't go anywhere with it you have to be on a predetermined I, I road me, both times chocobo, so yeah. I, I don't mind it so much so mo- mostly i find myself wondering what the point of driving ever is as opposed to just letting ignis drive since it, you won't actually be in control anyway if you drive so you might as well just let for, ignis drive everywhere i for me it was i was driving at night a lot so yeah but that goes away arbitrarily yeah. Has it happened to you yet? Like, at, at one point, yeah, Ignis yeah. was just like, oh, you can drive at night now. I, I'll when never explain hit, like, the distinction of we, what caused this change uh, to happen, but now you can drive at night. It's, uh, you had to hit, like, level 25 or something. And that, that is, arbitrary restriction goes away, which then you immediately lose a reason to ever drive again as, as you're, like, manually. Yeah. Because you just need him to also, go from Chocobo point A to point B. Also, the gets really fast by the time you max its level out. Yeah. Like, I, I've actually had a lot of fun just driving that thing around. Uh, especially if you get like a good slope and you sprint and then jump and then fly. Oh, it's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not done with it, obviously, and neither are you. But so nope. far, my takeaway from Final Fantasy 15 is that it's completely passable. I can't. I'm baffled by anyone that's putting it on Game of the Year lists and stuff like that. But it's just, mm-hmm. it's just some mindless entertainment that spends a bunch of time. Like it's good for just consuming hours, basically. Like I don't like I find myself vaguely addicted to it at times, just because it's fun to just do a bunch of tasks and level up characters and run around. But there's nothing compelling about it. The combat's not tight. The story's not well written. It's not paced well. It's not balanced well. It doesn't always even run well, and it has glitches. And no specific part of it's particularly well done. And I don't think it's. I think it's going to mostly so, uh... be. Skim- it would. It would be forgotten if it wasn't a Final Fantasy game. If I were mm-hmm. to uh, ask you if you thought it was a good ban- uh, good game, you wouldn't stand by it? I would not call it a good game. Never mind. <laughs> yep. Are there any other questions for stand that you by me. be answering? Keith. Fine. Okay. What was that, Sean? Okay. I'm cool. He's trying to make coming-of-age jokes. Uh, huh. Kind of. Michelle, <laughs> what was your question? <laughs> My question was if we had any more questions from fans. Oh, yeah. Um, I think we had one more. Oh, actually, another weird I have one, a small though. gripe. We're almost... Uh, it's been hour 45. We should probably... I, okay, it. save it for next time. I just wanted to yeah. mention something. So I'm playing GTA online just to do something with my hands while we do this. Mm-hmm. And apparently bikes are invisible right now due to a bug. So I just spent the last 20 minutes wandering around my well. garage trying to figure out where the hell my bicycle was. Turns out, yeah, just invisible on the wall. Good stuff. I bet your fans really appreciated that over seeing your face. Well, the, uh, the moment I started playing GTA, the viewership went from 50 to 70, so... You are this a Wonder works. Man woman. Yes. <laughs> All right. 
man wonder woman <laughs> well with that thought i guess we should yep, we, send we your question and these real nope. well send your questions to four nerds questions at gmail.com it's probably on the screen if you're watching this in video form and if you're not watching remember, on the video form then thank uh, you for supporting soundcloud.com slash four nerds <laughs> maybe you, it'll be on itunes one our, day to our lovely patrons over at lindor chocolates I have eaten a few of them on camera still. They're good, actually. I need to get some of those. Lindor's are really good. good. Oh, we should go get those Whole Foods. Because they're they're all textured and layered and stuff. Oh, yeah. Next time. All right. (laughs) Bye.